Welcome to the Rovers Chat Podcast. The trio is down to a duo as Dan has swapped the pod for the hockey as his uh, darts match has moved because of the Newcastle game tomorrow. Obviously, we all wish him well in his match, but here are the week's headlines. So, Rovers take two points from six with two draws against Cardiff and Norwich. Buckley returns to the team with some solid performances. Rovers hover four points above relegation zone as the teams start to pick up points below. But we are now three unbeaten and Leonard is injured for the foreseeable future and Hedges is back on the sideline. But like I said, I'm not on my own. I'm here with Mark. So before we go on, Mark, next week ahead of us, how was your feelings mm. after the long trip to Cardiff and then the Norwich game? I did question my life choices once or twice on the way home from Cardiff, I'll be honest. But I think I knew what I was signing up for, so it was a ground I hadn't been to before, so it was one to tick off. Um, Yeah, I felt a little bit better on Saturday night, though, I'll be honest. It felt a bit more of a rounded performance from us, and so we'll come on to it. But yeah, I felt a bit better Saturday night than I did Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Well, Well, we'll move on to the Cardiff game then. I was... A bit disappointed, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think when, when you come up against a team like Cardiff, uh, you hope to really have a go at them and really try and get them on the back foot, even if it is away. Um, mm. What was your thoughts on it? Disappointed. It felt like there was nothing in the game. I do caveat it slightly in that the players looked exhausted. I think we talked about that on the pod last week. I think they should have rested more at Birmingham and I think this felt like four games in what was it, 10 days, if that. Um, I thought he freshened it up, but they didn't make the difference that they should have then made. Ayari looked like he'd not played football for a long time. Just, it looked a battle, didn't it? It looked heavy going. Now, to be fair, the pitch didn't look great either. I know it looked quite slick, but it was the ball was sticking. It was, it was quite wet. Um, and the only bit of class for me came when John Buckley came on the pitch. Yeah, and he was someone that we was going to mention because, you know, he was out on loan and he's come back in. He seems to be quite a positive uh, influence now in that midfield where we need that midfield. I wanted to bring up Ayari I, yeah. uh, as well. Is he someone that's actually shown you anything at any point since he's been on the pitch that he's going to offer us anything? I've got one flash in my mind. I sit near the I sit in the Blackburn End NO one, so I'm near the Jack Walker. And I seem to remember a little flash down that that side where he jinked past a player and, and maybe got a corner. And that is about it. And I am stretching. Um I yeah. I mean, even when you saw Leighton Clarks and you thought, I can see where they're going with this, but he's lightweight. I'm struggling with him. I, re- I really am. He doesn't look like a young player who's, who's desperate to impress. Maybe he is. Maybe he's just laid back. Maybe that's his, his way of playing. But I thought Tuesday was a perfect game for him because it wasn't overly physical. The game was there for the taking. There was quite a lot of room at times on the pitch. He had time and space where he was driving on the ball. He was giving quite a free roll. I, I, I can only think he's just not played much football and he's somebody who takes a few games to get into it. Yeah, he's, he's a weird one for me. I mean, I did the release video when we signed him and I had to Google the hell out of him. And yeah. I just I just couldn't find anything really massively positive. And even now, I can't see anything positive. I, I can't think of one thing he's done that I think, yeah, he's, he's going to be a player. I mean, against Cardiff, defensively and goalkeeper-wise, 
we got some really good ratings um, mm. on whoscored.com because I thought they did play really well. Like I say, conditions weren't great. Um, we kept it simple. But Britain, I thought, had a really good game. I thought he was someone that looked like... I mean, that right-hand side, with you had like Tronstad, Britain, um, going down that right, and it seemed to be that we was getting something from it. But did you ever feel that we was going to get anything out of that game? I never thought we were going to score. No, there was never. Well, there was that one chance for Dolan that came out of nothing. That, and it was a half chance, really. I think whether he's been talked about more because there was nothing in the game. I felt a bit sorry for him actually. The way people were saying, "Oh, he should have scored it." I've seen it back as well, and it and it, it looked what it did at the time. It was under his feet, not really his fault. Mm. He got a shot away, but it was it was all there was in the game, wasn't it? But the flip side of that was I didn't feel like we were going to concede, which is the first time. For a long time, that's why it just felt like nothing was going to happen in the game. It felt like we we're going to concede, but I didn't feel like we we're going to score. So there is a positive in that somewhere. It didn't feel like it at the time. I'll be honest. But... Yeah, social media wasn't exactly the best place to be after that. I mean, I was quite negative yeah. after. I was talking about was this one of the worst squads we've had um, mm. when it comes to depth and things like that. I was quite negative. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, mm. And I was I was really struggling to see what kind of players are, are kind of ready for the next level again. Since Wharton's gone, um, yeah. I'm looking around the squad. I'm thinking, okay, the next level for us is being a regular playoff pushing promotion team. And I'm looking in the squad and I'm thinking, this has probably got the least amount of players in that are going to take us to that next level. And I was getting really worried. But then obviously mm. we go into the Norwich game. And yes, we finished one all, but the performance was quite a bit better, in my opinion. I mean, what what was mm -hmm. your thoughts then going into Norwich? Yeah, I mean Norwich are on a good run, aren't they? It's so bizarre the turnaround in both clubs' fortunes since the last time we played them. When they, you felt like nothing other than a Rovers win was going to happen. I went into it and I thought a draw would be a decent result, which I don't like saying at home. In the championship, you can beat anyone, but I did. I just felt where we were at, and particularly after the Cardiff game. I then obviously watched the first half and thought, we've done well for that only to be 1-0 at that point. And I wasn't used to what, what happened in the second half, if I'm being honest. I, I came out thinking, it could be two, it could be three, this. I couldn't see a way that we were going to change the game and get back into it. And I felt we did that with a mentality shift. I thought the players showed, do you know what? We can get something out of this game. And that said, in the first half, I've yet to see an angle where I'm convinced it was a free kick. I think it was a good finish. Mm -hmm. I know people have been overly critical of pairs. I'm saying it was, it was too far over, but there was, they had three men in the wall as well, which extended that wall. I thought Gallagher had a couple of chances that probably, you know, decent keeping, but... At half-time, I was struggling. I thought I could only see one winner. So the fact that in the second half, I think we were the better team, I was I was impressed. What did you make of, of Eustace's comments, saying that he actually almost, he didn't say preferred the first half, but he felt we dominated more in the first half and the second half was more about attitude? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to his comments, I can tell he's just trying to be really supportive. Um, yeah. So to me, it was like, in the background, he's probably thinking, oh, my God, that was a crap first half. But he's coming, he's trying to find the positive. So that that's the aura I'm getting from him. He's, he's someone that definitely likes to uh, come out and try and put a little spin and, and make things, I don't know, a little bit more cushioned 
with us. Mm. Uh, I think you can tell there's a lot of negativity around the place. So yeah. I, I think it was. I think I agree with what he was saying. Like you said, we could have been down two or three goals at that point, uh, and for us to only be one down, let's see the positives on that. I mean, me personally, I actually thought that statistically we looked like we were better than we did against Cardiff. So I was just happy to see mm. that. Um, but yeah, I just felt like Eustace was was just trying to be a little bit more supportive. Mm. I think I think you hit the nail on the head for me. He does do that. I think he that that will wear thin at times if you get you know later into next season and you think if well I'm not seeing that change. I'm not seeing what you're seeing. That's the the danger to it. But I think at the moment he, he's probably seen young players in particular really low in confidence. So he's pointing out. You know that I think Rovers seem to have a, a, a very honest group who you would imagine are they don't need telling that they've done the wrong thing. I think it's quite obvious, or they're not at work playing at their best. I was a player who never needed telling that. If you told me what on earth was that, that didn't help me. What I needed was you're better than that. Come on, you know mm-hmm. I I knew if if I misplaced a pass for five yards and I played at a rubbish level, I was disappointed and I was going, what? Yeah, I don't need you to tell me. That was a rubbish pass. I can see that with my own eyes. And I think he's he's doing that, isn't he? He's putting his arm around the players and saying, listen, you're better than that. Or, yeah, but you did do that, but you tracked back. You were in the right position. You you know, I've asked you to do that. We'll do. We'll go again next time. So I can understand it at the moment. I think it can wear thin. And we've had that before where we've had uh, managers who, you know, we've given it a right good go and you've heard the same patter. And, and ultimately, you've got to feel like you're watching the same game as them. But... I completely understand what he's doing at the moment. Oh yeah, it's needs must uh, when you when you've been on a bit of a bad run and and you see yourself going down the league. And we have got quite a young squad. It's not a massively young squad, but we have got young no, players. No. Obviously, no. But the thing is, is you look at the older players, and none of them seem to be very vocal. Obviously, Travis is uh, out on loan, so I think he yeah. is acting like that, you know, father figure. Um, You've got uh, McFadden that everyone's in love with right now, uh, and rightly so. Um, I think he's been a real leader. You can tell Hyam stepped up uh, as yeah. well as a leader and obviously stepped up for that corner and uh, blast it in. Yeah. How nice is it to see a normal championship wow. corner routine? A towering header from him, wasn't it? <laughs> he has stepped up. You're right. I think he looked to me like a weight's been lifted off his shoulders at the same time. Like, yeah, he's still wearing the armband, but like, oh my God, it's not all on me. That's what he looks mm. like. Uh, a player who, who thinks, I've got somebody there and I know I can trust what he's going to do and I can support. And actually, I can lean on him. Because like you say, Hayam doesn't look the most vocal. He's a good championship defender, isn't he? We've all been impressed with him. But the times he's struggled is when he's rushed back and when, when he's changing partners. So, which is, you know, what no defence wants. And they've had a very stable back three and keeper, haven't they, recently? Mm. Plus Britain, I suppose. So, it's, that's got to help as well. And the thing is, obviously, Mofadjian obviously lacks in speed, but he has Wart on one side, high on the other, and he's he's bringing them together uh, with pairs yeah. behind. I mean, going back to the free kick thing, yes, I do think he was probably a little bit out of position for the free kick, um, but it was a, it, it, you know, it was a good free kick in the end. Um, mm. I think I think looking back at the game, I'm I'm glad with the point exactly what you said. Um, we obviously go into a very difficult game uh, by the time recording is tomorrow against Newcastle. 
I tweeted out saying I'm shitting myself. I still stand <laughs> by that. Um, how are you feeling? What 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 do you what do you want to happen with the starting lineup? Do you want us to go into it and give it a good go, or is it a case of just keep it solid at the back and don't make it a cricket score? I think we should go with our strongest eleven. I think we don't have the luxury at this moment in time to not do that. I would worry then that it would be a cricket score. I don't hold any inner belief. I'm not going into tomorrow's game going, there's going to be an upset here. I think this time last year, under Thomason, but also just the momentum we had in the Cup, Newcastle have got injuries. I think I would have been sat here going, we can win tomorrow. I can see where we can win. I can't really see where we can win, if I'm being honest. But I think we'll put a decent account of ourselves. But I think it needs to be that more or less the same team as weekend, if I'm being honest, to do that. Um, what's your thoughts? We need them to have an off day and we need to be playing above ourselves is ultimately in that. And I think that wouldn't necessarily get us the win. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, they're a big side. They're strong. They're fast. They're physical. They've yeah. got skill. They, they, they've got everything. I mean, they're a top-class team. I'd like to see, I'd like to see us go for it. I don't want us just to sit back. Um, no. As as much as, it, it, I think I'm along the lines of if we can go for it and we lose four five nil, at least we've had a go. At least the fans yeah. have had something to cheer going forward. But if we just sit back and lose two nil, it's like what yeah, was the point? Yeah. So I, I'd prefer us to have a go and lose because no one, you know, say we lose six seven nil, but we've gone for it. The result's gone. It's nothing to do with the league. You know, at least we had a go. The fans may have had us, you know, cheer having a go now and again. I just, I just, I'd hate it if we just sit back and try and sneak yeah. a result and get an away game there. I, I don't want that. Yeah. Those results where you, exactly what you just said, where you sit back and you end up losing 2 0 anyway, you think that's what's the point in that, yeah. don't you? Um, I mean, I, I, th- I think. My brother lives up in, in Shiremore in Whitley Bay. So um I've been talking to my nephew, who unfortunately has been converted to a, a Newcastle fan. He does come in the Blackburn end when I get him down here, but I'm trying my mm. best. But I'm, it's not a convincing argument right now. Um, he, he's just... They're, they're frightened to death because Karius is in the net and Dan Burns having a shocker at the minute because everyone's targeting him for pace down that left-hand side. So... Get Dolan on him, get Smodix, you know, who's absolutely on fire, isn't he, at the minute? And it's his chance to try and show showcase what he can do. I think we all know what we what we think about Sammy Smodix and he's having a great season. But if he goes and scores against Newcastle and looks decent, looks a goal threat, he gets one chance and scores, which he's more than capable of doing. It's going to put him on people's radar again. What I was going to say, touching on McFadden and touching on the defences, I haven't seen Scott Wharton out of position once since mm. we've gone to this back three and McFadden. Whereas usually when we were in the three, my concern with Wharton playing there was his pace and he used to get dragged out too far to, to the left-hand side trying to cover. Now, as you look at it, was he too exposed? Was Is McFadden keeping them in? Are they keep playing narrower? Probably. Um, and in that position, then he looks a good centre-half again. Um He's definitely a basic centre-half, isn't he? He doesn't want to do anything. I mean, if you're playing football manager, you know, you'd definitely have him as a no-nonsense centre-half, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. 
maybe stepping out a little bit just to, for those intervention inceptions. I think he, I think he does that well. But yeah, I I think you, you, we've got to have an element where we have a goal for it, haven't we? It's um, you know, no one wants the, those games where in the Premier League where we used to go to the Etihad and and think, oh well, let's just stick ten men behind the ball and hope it's only one. That's that's not in anyone's interest. No, and obviously. There's, there's there's chance that we can actually progress here. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if we did progress, have we even got the squad to deal with that? That's kind of on my my mind as well. So it's yeah, it's 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 a game where I don't think we're gonna be under the microscope. I don't think anyone's gonna judge us. Whatever happens, even if Newcastle put out their C team, let alone their B team, they've probably got enough. To, to come to our place and do something. So let's just hope that we have something to celebrate in the game and just enjoy it and it's not too embarrassing. But a game that is going to be massively important is on the Saturday is away at Swansea. So we're away in South Wales again. Swansea have been dropping a little bit. They have got a couple of results in their last five. How important is this game away? Or are we looking for another draw? What's, what's the positive thing to uh, come out of this game I think even forgetting the performance if I'm being honest I think a bit like Cardiff if you come back away with with a draw coming into a couple of important home games I think that's what you try and win obviously but I think the basic of let's keep a clean sheet and if we nick a win we nick a win Um. I think we'd be silly not to do that. I think the the fact that even though we're saying a draw was a good result against Norwich, the fact that the gap's closed and it's only four points, we need to basically work on the principle of draw your away games and win your home, which is what what you try and do anyway, isn't it? So I think we've got to do that, really. What do you are thinking? Um, if you can draw your away games and sneak some homes, then you're on your way so yeah. i would i would quite happily have it you go you you go to swansea you get the draw uh, however you know however way you get it you get it and then like you say you've got millwall and plymouth at home and then you've got a difficult trip to middlesbrough away and then you've got a difficult home to ipswich so I, i'd take the draw away and then try and get the two wins with millwall and plymouth but i mean it's it's easy to sit here and talk about it. It seems like every week, you know, we've got this different outlook on Rovers. One minute we're thinking we're on one our, our way forwards, you know, after the Stoke game, and then suddenly we're watching Blues and Cardiff, and we're thinking, oh my god, it's all it's all dark again. I, I'd yeah. like to see I'd like to see us go and just come away with something. Um, it's about just collecting points. And at the end of the day, if you lose to Swansea, they go back above you, you're then further down. So I'd, I'd take the points. Um, I'm just being a bit realistic. Um, but one thing that we do need to talk about is John Buckley. So I know you're a fan of him. Mm. What's been your thoughts since he's come back into the team? Because obviously he went out on loan. It wasn't a fantastic loan. He wasn't doing you know, much there. He got injured. He's come back, and he seems to be on the path to a, a resurgent player for us. What's what's your thoughts? I was. I go back a bit further than that. I was completely shocked that John Buckley didn't thrive under Yundell Thomason. I thought he's got everything that he would want. 
I think particularly last season when Adam Waterson was in and out of the team. I couldn't understand why John Booker wasn't shining. That season under Mowbray, played as a 10, as a false 9, as a 6. But it's a good player. They were talking about him going for 10 million, weren't they, to other teams he was being linked. So then Thomason coming in and wanting to play football one and two touches and progressive passes, I thought, yeah, I, I can see where Booker fits in here. Um, he just never seemed to kick on. He never looked quite happy. I mean, I remember the first time I saw John Buckley in a rover shirt and he just has that knack of finding space that you can't teach to people. I think that the question I always had was, is he a bit lightweight? Where does he fit? Where, what's his position going to be? We've not quite picked that out yet, but I think in this team currently as a number six, he makes the difference that when he came on at Cardiff, he looked like he had a bit of quality. The game pace probably suited him as he hadn't, you know, he wasn't going to be on the bench once he was going to play in the 21s. Um, who we'll talk about obviously as well. Um, and then we rolled on into Saturday, and I think he deservedly started. I thought I thought Jay Garrett's struggling at the moment. I think he he, he benefits from some first team football somewhere, but he's not played much football. He's relatively inexperienced. It's a lot to ask. But Buckley allows us that option of playing balls into him in tight spaces, and he doesn't really panic. He very rarely gives the ball away. I think his intercepting's underrated. I think he's very good at that. And he looks happy. He looks a lot happier than I've seen him for the past 18 months. I mean, he did an interview with Rovers TV, didn't he? And he was quite diplomatic, but he obviously made a, a point known that, that he's not been happy. And I, I wouldn't have thought John Buckley seems like the sort of character to be, you know, throwing his boots around and kicking a big fuss up. So for him not to be overly happy and not to throw him under Thomason is, is surprising. So he's come back in. He's got a smile on his face. I think we might see John Buckley kick back on. I really do. And he's a player that with Adam Wharton going, we need to kick on because there's not mm. many players that we've got that can look after the ball in tight spaces, receive it on the half turn, look to play that ball. And it, we need him to come good as much as I think he will. He's a bit more of an all-rounder to Wharton. He's willing to put his body on the line. Um, you know, he can put a tackle in, he can do the defensive work, but also he can do that attacking work. You know, he loves yeah. he loves a through ball, doesn't he? And and trying to uh, unlock the uh, defence is the way they used to put it. I, mm. I, well, I'm never going to say that he's going to be as good as Wharton from an attacking sense, but I think for what we need right now as an all-rounder, mm. if we can keep him fit, the likes of him and JRC, I've always had a... You know this this kind of link between them. I don't know why. Where when they're in the team, I just feel like they work quite well together. And I think if you could have JRC and Buckley together, I don't know. Am I making that mm. up? Do I? You know, is it? Could they have some sort of? I don't know. Link together. I think you could if Rankin Costello was on that right hand side. I think that's his best position for me. I, I'm not. I know. I know you and Dan are quite keen on Rankin Costello in the sense of, but I'm not as keen. I'll be honest. I think positionally, it it asks him to be too, to think too much and not play off the cuff. And I think he's at his best when he's when he's coming inside from that right side, or when he can just be out playing off the cuff. I think that's when Rankin Costello is at his best. Um, but I think if if you take out the last twelve months of John Buckley's Rovers career. The player that we had under the end of Mowbray and probably just the beginning of Thomason, if you'd signed him as Adam Wharton's replacement in the Championship, I think you'd be pretty happy. I think you'd be saying mm. that's as good as we can get in the Championship, actually. Um, I think he's he's not going to be as good as Adam Wharton is going to be. However, 
he, he does what Adam Wharton kind of does in a similar way. He's not the same level, but I but I think he does it at a level that's comfortable. And he's also experienced. What's he played? 150 games now? Yeah, he's played quite a few. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I would like to see him be more of a goal threat. I think he gets in some good positions on the edge of the box and he's and he's shooting off and lets him down. I know he scored that goal at, at Preston, didn't he? And he deflects him one at home for his probably his first goal, I think it was against Sheffield Wednesday. But I, d- I think he could do with improving that area of his game. But in terms of the rest of it, the link in the defence and the attack, I think you know what was noticeable was the game was more fluid and we, we looked more joined up as a team with John Buckley on the field. I'm just trying to find his injury record now. Um, what's it? Can you think of any major injuries he's had other than this this one? I think he he's, didn't, he's not an injury prone lad, is he? No, I think he, when he was younger and he and he came into the team, probably played a bit too much. He did, but other than that, he seems to be you know under Mowbray when we had those spells where we had quite a lot of injuries and we had the. Um, the good old days of Bradley Johnson in the false nine position. Buckley was playing every week, wasn't he, throughout that run? So he's yeah. definitely someone uh, you want in your squad. I mean, we, I think we was all shocked when he went out on loan, um, yeah. and it, it, it's good to have him back. And hopefully, he's got a point to prove. Um, a couple yeah. of other players I wanted to talk about is obviously Hedges um, mm. injured again. We don't know for how long. We've been told it's. Yeah. It's not. It's just a tweak. Are you worried about Hedges' injury, or I think Hedges Hedges does pick quite a few injuries up, doesn't it? Um, it looked. I was sat in the Jack Walker lower at week, and I took my little girl, so I was quite close to it. And he was obviously then sat not a million miles away, and he seems to be saying it was his groin, and he just got it caught in the turf. So that's the worry. He's not played for months, and then he's played three games in a week, and then all right, he's had he's rested Tuesday, but actually he's. Most teams don't play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So he's then played four games in two weeks, hasn't he? It's too much. But we need Ryan Hedges, I think. It's been interesting listening to his comments when he talked about McFadden organising. But I see Hedges and then really organising. And I never saw Hedges do that until I watched them at Accrington Stanley a couple of pre-seasons ago. And he captained the second 11 in Thomason's first games. And... I thought, why is Hedges captain? What's going on? And I could not believe what I was hearing. He was organising everything. And then you saw him at Swansea, he's organising the attacking. I think he's just a good footballer. I think he's mm. he, he, he lacks a bit of pace at times and there's certain elements of his game he could improve. But I think he's, he's an experienced, level-headed, good footballer. But he does have an injury record that's not brilliant. That said, he's played three games in a week and he's at wing-back. He's probably doing more than than anybody else in this team other than Callum Britton. So we just need to manage him a bit more carefully, I think. That said, I'm sure the other person you're probably going to come on to is the one who came on for him after 15 minutes and like he'd never been away. I think he's been so underrated, Harry Picker, in this season. I really do. Yeah, and I had to have humble pie, didn't I? I said that... I said left back was my position of need. Um, And yeah, I had to eat humble pie on it. I I think he's done... Really well. Okay, he's not the fastest, um, but I think he's been great. I think yep. when he came on, I mean, his ratings were really good. Obviously, yep. took a cracking corner, and that's what we want. Um, yeah, I mean, Pickering for me, he is definitely someone that you, you've always said is a solid seven out of ten. Mm. Do you, have you seen anything different to his game? Uh, was this his first game under Eustace? Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's been out. He's been out for a little while. I think what I have seen, Mike, 
he is a seven out of ten player, and it's not meant as a as a dig at all. But what we'd all said, didn't we, at the beginning of the season was when he then comes up against that Premier League player almost that's playing in the championship, he mm. really, really struggled. Yeah. Is it that the competition's not as strong, maybe, in their wide positions for other teams this year? I don't know. Obviously, the unmentionable ones, particularly at their place, he really struggled. I've not seen him struggle at all this season and be exposed in in a way. Now, what is he, still 24? Has, has he mm. improved? Has he figured that element of his game out? Has he figured out how he copes with those players? Um, because against most championship players, it looks a good pullback. I think he has been able to play a bit narrower under Eustace already. But I, I, I noticed a big difference in him this season when when it was Britain at right back and he was being asked to, under Thomason to be the one who came into the middle of the park, I was impressed with his footballing brain and the way he could pick the ball up in, in quite tight spaces and use it wisely. But then positionally, nowhere to be. I thought, do you know what, Harry? I didn't know he had that in your game. And I think he's come on a lot. I really do under Thomason. And I think we've got a good, solid left back. And that's no disrespect. That's not saying he's not, you know, X, Y and Z. I just think... I think we've missed him. I really do. I think he's he's a good, good player. Well, we can't have every player being, you know, absolutely awesome in every position because we just can't afford that. And we would be much higher in the league if we did have that. I think mm. you have to have these solid players. I mean, I'm just looking at the minutes he's played. He, he's played, I think it's like the... Well, let's have a quick look here. So he's played the fifth amount of minutes of any player. And obviously, he's had quite a few games out injured. So mm -hmm. he is heavily relied on to be in that starting lineup. And he's obviously our, our number one left back. It's, it's an interesting one with Harry Pickering because... I agree with you. When he when he's he, he, the only time he gets found out is when he's playing against ridiculously good players. Well, anyone in the team is going to get found out about that. Um, I think the the only thing for me with him is, is probably his pace, and mm. we can't we can't have that in there, you know in every player. I, I no. agree. I think he's solid. I think he's done really well. Um, he's obviously going to start tomorrow, and it's going to be really interesting how he does against some really fast players. I, I think we're going to see him play a slightly more settled, uh, set back position on the left back, yeah. and he's he's yeah. just going to he's just going to accept it on and just be face up against the guy. That that's the way I see him. And then on the right tomorrow, it's, you know, we're going to see Callum Britton probably, yeah, uh, dropping into that. So moving on to the next topic, I want to talk about the mm. form. So on social media. There's a lot of people moaning about the way we're playing. Like I said, I was one after Cardiff. I was a bit upset after the Cardiff one. But we've yeah. actually got a win, a loss, and three draws. So ultimately, Eustace yeah. has come in. And we, we're all giving credit for the win for Stoke because we're nice people. So yeah. a win, loss, and three draws. I don't think that's too bad. What about you? Well, not when you consider the run was what one win in 11 before that, I think mm. it was. Um um, and we've been, we've had home to Stoke. Now, okay, you can say that wasn't his game, but you can also talk about Stoke are probably the team in the league that you would want to play. That mm -hmm. said, there's never anything more Rovers than letting those teams have their first points for a while. We've then gone away to Birmingham, who have got a decent manager, who are on a bit of a resurgence. 
at home. You know, I've not seen a backing like that at Birmingham for a long time. I know they've reopened the lower tiers as well. You go away to Preston, who are riding high. You go away to Cardiff on a Tuesday night when you've just been in a local derby. And then you've got Norwich at home. So actually, they're decent results. Mm. And I think when you consider that he's come in and we were conceding goals for fun, We've also conceded, what, if we include the Stoke game, we've conceded four goals in five games. I've yet to see us capitulate, which we could have done against Norwich. We could have done against Preston when we went 2-2. So I've seen tests-wise, I've seen character. I've seen resilience. Have I seen good football? No. Have I seen the football that I want to see? No. Have I seen exciting football? No. But... Actually, I can forgive that until the end of the season. Somebody likened it the other day to when Mark Hughes came in and we were in the Premier League. And Mark Hughes came in and unashamedly made us it. We got that bully boy Rovers tag and, mm. and turned us basically into a, a 4-5-1. And we will... McQuayna played defensive midfield and it was about just getting results. I think that's kind of where we're at. If... Mm -hmm. He starts next season and we are playing similar football and he still carries on talking about, I want us to play good football, but we're not seeing it. Different story. But I think we, at the minute, you judge him on the fact that we've won one game in 11 and we've now taken some decent results in his first five games. And then you go from there. Well, it leads us beautifully into the hot topic, which is tactically, do we need to play this way to survive? I mean... Yes, is is the answer. Like what you've just said there. I mean, I, I I'm I completely agree with everything you've just said. Ultimately, these are games where, yeah, under JDT we may have sneaked to win, um, but most likely we probably would have bossed it for the first ten minutes. They would have come back into it, and we would have ended up losing two nil in them games. So, I completely agree. It's about getting and it's just finishing the season off now by hook or by crook, staying into the league, yeah. and. I think tactically, like you said, okay, it's not the sexiest way to play football, but ultimately sometimes you need to, you know, get get dirty and just get the job done. And we're definitely doing that. I mean, I like to think that Eustace then moves into the summer, starts looking about how we used to play, sees the talent that we've got, maybe use some of the money that uh, we should have stored away and bring in some players and then we can play something that's a little bit more expansive. But ultimately we know we've not got a lot of depth. We know we haven't nope. got the best talent around. Um, we've got some players that we don't think are pulling their weight, like a Sigurdsson. I mean, I've yeah. called him out a few times. Uh, Dolan's contract issue, whether that's preying on his mind, I don't know, but he's not exactly... Um, what, what's the words? Consistent, maybe. You know, that could be the word I'm looking for. So I think, yes, we've got to just make it this no-nonsense solid at the back. Just get rid and hopefully nick a goal. And it's, it seems to have worked well. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the form since he's come in. Yes, it would be great to have another win in there. But ultimately, you, you've just broken it down really well about the teams that we've played. And yeah, I think I think they're pretty good results. Yeah, I think I've been disappointed with the loans is the other one. They've not added anything, really. You mm. know, if you look at the you look at the team at the weekend. Now I'm just gonna double check before I say this and I'm completely wrong. But did we have a loan player starting at the weekend? Uh, no. no. No, you're right. Uh 
and that's where when what we've got five people on loan now. So we'll, we'll ignore Sigurdsson, but we've got uh, Ayari, Kriseni, Talalovic, and um, Kumetio wasn't even on the bench, was it? And Morin. Now, Andy Morin, I, th- I take apart a little bit. I think he just looks extremely exhausted, and I think he would add something to the team otherwise. I think you're absolutely right. Sigurdsson's not contributing anywhere near enough for me. I think we've got Kriseni has done a decent job, but I prefer Scott Wharton there. Ayari, we've talked about. So... And Kimetio, we've just not seen for the. I mean, he is an absolute. That's unit, a strange one, isn't it? I mean, the, what, why, he is, why is he not even had a sniff? I mean, he's been on the bench a couple of times, hasn't he? But I, I can only imagine that they've looked at it and said, "Well, we've got Chris Enny and O'Riordan on the bench. We don't need him on the bench." Um, every time I've seen O'Riordan, mentality-wise, he's come on against Stoke when we were under the cosh, and he, he wasn't phased. He was passing the ball around. Same at Birmingham. He played a ball into midfield in Birmingham when he was being really harassed. And it went straight to the midfield, a fair distance. And I thought, do you know what? You've you, Mentality, you've told me all you need to know. You are not phased at all. He's big. He's quick. I think he's going to be a good one. I think he needs a bit of time to settle. But, you know, you've got him and you've got Hayden Carter. All of a sudden, if you want to next season, you could play higher up the pitch. Mm-hmm. I think. But... For a club like Blackburn, as much as you know, you would imagine we will have some money to spend in the summer, and we will, you know, you go and invest, and we can talk about where we want to invest. Your loans make or break your season, I think. I think you need that stardust, and you can't get that. I talked about it at the beginning of the season. You can't really get that. It's very rare you get that from your academy. Okay, we got Adam Watson, but it's very rare you get that from a three hundred thousand Telalovic, and they are. Oh my God, why is nobody seeing this player? It's very, very unlikely that that happens and that usually comes from getting Harvey Elliott on loan it comes from getting Tortinada out of a bio these players that are absolutely out of reach that all of a sudden you look at and you go yeah I can see why he's a level above Morin I, I take the side a little bit I think he's just been overplayed um, yeah I, I, I feel like Morin's one of those where He's on. He's he's fifty fifty. You, you know, he's you're not. Yeah. He's not quite a failure, but he's not quite a success. No, I feel a bit sorry for him. I think he's been overplayed. I think he's played in a team that's low on confidence. He's been exposed a little bit, um, being left out on that side and overplayed when he was struggling. I think it's been a bit unfair on him. I think if you'd have put him in last season's Rovers team, he'd have probably found himself on the bench a lot. But coming on in games when we needed that. Dolan or we needed Brereton to come off or somebody like that. I think you would have seen a different Andy Moran. I think we'd have been really impressed with him. So feel a little bit sorry for him. But I think ultimately going into next season, yeah, we need to strengthen the app with our own players. But I think I expect O'Reardon to play a big part. I expect Sigurdsson to step up or to leave. Mm. Um, and I expect Hayden Carter to come back in. So where they all play, you know, tricky one because I don't know if you can play higher up the pitch with McFadden, but I think his contribution can't be underestimated. But then you start looking at, you know, you've got Ranking Costello to come back in. And then you've got to sprinkle some lone players that have got to enhance your squad. And right now, they're not doing Could that be because those, those lone players are all young boys who maybe aren't a step up from what we've got? Yeah, probably. So there's a lack of experience and the quality is not a massive shift. You know, Chris Enney's not a big step up, if any at all, on Scott Wharton, on Harry Pickering. So why would you take that gamble? So I, 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 that's where I'm at with it. Though? I mean, were they panics? Because, I mean, I'm looking at the 
loans that we brought we've brought in this season. Well, I mean, in fact, the whole transfers that we've done, and obviously yeah. James Hill was recalled. Whether that was predicted or not, his his replacement was obviously Chris Enney. Um yeah. Was it a panic? Was it I was it a case of we just haven't had anyone ready? We just need to get someone in, and he was the next one on the list. I think that's what it was, yeah. They had a list and they've gone, we need somebody, we need some numbers. He's the next one on the list. He's better than, and it sounds horrible, but he's better than nothing. Hmm. Um, if he comes in and shows us actually that he's he's everything we think he can be, he'll play every week. I mean, Coventry I mean, fans, it... to be fair, about Ayari, we're saying that, can see him, he's just a bit lightweight. And we, did, not we really didn't need that. that. We had enough lightweight well, we midfielders. We didn't need it, but I've still not seen that even, so... Yeah, Ayari's a real weird one. Um, I don't know whether that's a Brighton favour thing because they've given us players and we'll do them another mm. favour and take him on. Um, I think Cometio, Cometio, he's mm. weird. I don't get that. Having seen the bits of him I've seen, and I've got Liverpool fan who lives just across the road, actually, rates him. Uh, similar in stature, because I'm, I'm saying this because not many people will have seen him on the pitch. Similar in stature to Torsten Adarabayo. Big, big mm. unit, six foot six, six foot seven, maybe broader. Probably not quite as good on the ball as Adarabayo by any stretch, but he, he's a decent player. I think, again, probably a bit of a gamble like James Hill was, but we're not in a position right now to play that gamble. I think that's probably where it is. I think that's I exactly think, it. That is definitely that's that's got to be it because I'm just looking at his stats here and you know he hasn't played anything for us Liverpool under 21 not much yeah he's like you say he's a big lad at six foot five but yeah that that's the weird one I think I think going forwards into next season we need to be a little bit smarter and I think because we'll have a bit of money we might have yeah. a look at some of the loans which obviously cost a little bit of money because we was linked to a couple wasn't we yeah. Um, yeah. where we have actually had to pay a loan fee and then obviously we balked at that and didn't want to go for it I think you know when when you're taking on some of these players on loan that don't have a loan fee you are going to be taking that risk and the, the, the transfers we've made over the last 12 months have all been risks. They've all had to be because we haven't had the money to back it up. But no, it, it leads the ones, us... The ones Sorry, that we spent on. a slight bit of money on, so if you start talking about Sammy Smodix, Callum Britton, you know, doing the one millions, they've come off, haven't they? And this is when I say I really do back Broughton and trust him to spend the money. Mm. And all people are looking at the number of players we've brought in and who's been a success and who hasn't. What I'm looking at is you know, 300 grand on Telalovic. If he comes on and plays and he's our fourth choice striker and he does okay and doesn't get much better, has he been a failure if he fills a gap? And he, yeah, probably, but not a big one. Whereas you go and look at Sammy Smodic's 1.3 million. What was Callum Britton? Less than that. Mm. Volstead, again, people are pointing out, I mean, he was 700 grand or something. So I, I think once we've got a little bit of room for manoeuvring FFP, which you would imagine we have this summer, I back them. I really do. I, I trust them to go out and get players that not every not every player will come off. They don't do when you go and spend 60, 70 million. Go and ask Chelsea. But I really do back us that we'll get more money-wise, more money, uh, more out of what we're spending. So it leads us beautifully into my next question about the project. 
And mm. do you still have faith that the project is alive and well? I mean, I personally do because I think Broughton um, was was the mainstay I wanted to keep in the club and obviously still here. So yeah. do you still believe in the project? I've had my doubts, I think, since Thomason's left because I felt that it was something that needed um, a continuation of a manager with the same playing style. And I think we've come away from that a little bit. Now, that could be a horses for courses. It could be that we've got more of a pragmatic manager. It could be a combination of both. But at the end of the day, what we want to do is give exposure to young players and give young players a chance to succeed. I don't think he's going to be a massive departure from... He's not going to turn into Sam Allardyce and start playing route, you know, route one football. Mm. He will be a bit more pragmatic. There's no doubt about that. But that's probably not a bad thing because there was times where we were just too easy to play against. So, do I believe in the project? Well, in the project, at the end of the day, the heart of it was to give our academy players who are good enough an opportunity. So, we'll see. Will Georgie Gent come back into the squad when he comes back or will we go and get another Chris Enney? Will we find that Zach Gilson gets a chance? Will we find that Tijon gets a chance? Rory Finneran? I think if they're good enough, yeah, they will. And I don't think that's changed. And will we be going out to spend money on players and increase their value in it and cash in on them when we can? Yeah, I think we will. So the base of that and making us a more sustainable football club, actually, when I've had time to reflect, I think it's still there. I think mm. what fans need to be aware of is... Essentially, the project was just that. Give our own young players a chance. Buy low, sell high, which is exactly what we did under Mark Hughes. You know, we signed McCarthy for peanuts, didn't we? And then we'd sell Bentley and all these kind of things. Rovers have always had to do that. With FFP, we have to do it even more because we can't keep spending money. You have a, literally have a limit now. Whereas back then, we would just keep losing money. Now, we actually can't do it even if we wanted to do So... That has to be the project. And I think we will do that. You know, what I think fans will have to remember is if Sammy Smodic goes and gets 25, 30 goals this season, he's 28, coming up 29. Will we sell Sammy Smodic if someone came in and went, that's caught my eye. He's worth a gamble at 8 million. Yeah, I think we would. Because actually, we'd be silly not to do. Because will we guarantee that Smodic will do it again next season? Maybe. But actually, this is probably our last chance to sell him at that kind of fee. And yeah, that is definitely. what you will see from moving forward. What Greg Broughton has done is he's tied down our assets with Steve Waggett, whether people like it or not. They've tied down our assets. We've got most of our players on long-term deals. So we've got value now. So we're not having Lenahan walk out the door. We're not having Brereton. We're not having all this conveyor belt that we're just walking out the door. And I, I just think that we will also go... I think I feel like there's a plan there. I think Scott Wharton, they had a, they had a value and they said... Once somebody reaches that, he'll go. Hayden Carter will have the same. And it's not about we're just selling to, to make money. We're doing it for this reason. You know, oh, yeah, well, that's a bid. We weren't expecting it. I have full confidence that they have a, a board in that room. Right, if Hayden Carter goes today, who's our first choice, second choice, third choice, fourth mm. choice? And I think the players have a value now, and they will sell them for that value if they hit it. And if they don't, they won't sell them. So, so Sam Gallagher... So Okay. Sorry, just going to say, Sam Gallagher, if they, if they thought the value was three million to replace him, they'd have sold him. And because mm. you've not hit that value, he's not going anywhere. Because ultimately, the value to us 
we can't go out and say we sold Sam Gallagher and we said, do you know what? We're going to go and buy X striker for 10 million. If we don't have the room in FFP, we can't go and do that. So we can't just go and upgrade. So what we need to do is go, right, Sam Gallagher's 3 million. I'm just picking a figure out the air. But because Maguire is our first choice striker replacement and he's going to cost us 3 million. And we need 3 million to be able to go and do that. Uh, Hayden Carter, right, he's going to be 8 million. And we can then sign this player, this player, and this player. That is how the, the project is, really, for me. That's the crux of it. And I do think that's alive and well because I think there's a plan. There's a recruitment system. There's scouts all over the world now. There's uh, a full recruitment department that, that's in place. You know, Rudy Casted's there at the moment doing some of that. So, yeah, I do think it's alive and well. Does the admin need sorting? Yes, it does. But that isn't the recruitment <laughs> team, ultimately. Yeah. Um, so, initially... Summarising, initially when Thomason went and we replaced him with with a manager who's more pragmatic, I was concerned. Actually, coming back to the face of it, that the project's bigger than the playing style. So, yes, mm. I do think it's alive and well. Yeah, I mean, to, to add to that a little bit, and because uh, I once again, I agree with everything you're saying there, I think the project is more than just building the team. It's about retention. Completely agree with that. I think it's about yeah. getting the right players on the right contracts, making sure people aren't walking out the door. I think the other thing with the project now, with Eustace coming in, or generally if it was any new manager, it's about the kind of players that manager also wants. So yeah. I think there is a. it's not like the reset button's been hit. It is now... We are now taking a backward step. So to use your, you know, what you just said about there's probably a, a board on the wall of a list of players, and it's like if he goes here, we've got that list may now change, and it might Agreed. be where last year, or well, sorry, under JDT, uh, they might see Sam Gallagher's name. Do we want to keep him? Yes or no? Eustace might be like, well, do you know what? The way I play, he is my number one guy. Yeah. And suddenly, we now need to make sure he's got a contract. And we could he could look at Dolan and say, do you know what? I'm not quite as bothered about Dolan. And Dolan, they might think, okay, we're, we're quite happy for you to walk. We're not going to re-sign you to a new deal. Um, I don't think that's the case. Those are just a couple of examples. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think there's going to be a definitely a rejig of yeah. what players that we want to keep. Um, mm -hmm. your, your booklets, for example. I mean, it was obvious that JDT didn't want him. He could have been out the door. He could be signing a new yep. contract in a few months. Uh, Travis, Travis looked like he was out the door. In the summer, we might be offering him a new deal and he might be used to his uh, number one guy. We, we just yep. don't know. But the one thing that it has led us into with the mailbag, I have a question uh, here from Joseph saying, Will we see Gilson and soon? So you've mentioned Gilson and there. Mm. There's rave reviews. He's scoring goals. Physically, he seems like he's ready to have a go. When are we going to see him? He does. I think Thomason's concerns were his out-of-possession ability or willingness, shall we say. I think on the ball, Gilson and can't really be questioned at the minute. I think we've seen enough to say, yeah, he should get a chance. It's out of possession, I think, that you would worry about. I don't see those concerns dampening with Eustace right now, and particularly with the state we're in. I think if we got... When he, when I listened to his comments the other day and he said, yeah, somebody who's caught me out, again, it was very much what you were saying. He was very much 
bigging Gilson up, uh, didn't want to put, put him down, as you would hope a manager would do in public, really. But the comments at the end that said, yeah, I'm sure we'll see him before the end of the season. What that told me was, if we're safe for a couple of games, I'll say to him, right, show me what you can do. Mm. But right now is not the time to say, let's see what you can do. It's the time to say, I know what you can do. Go out and do what you can do. Um, that said, I think he does have something and I'd rather see him have a chance than Ayari again in that position. So I think Ayari's put form is not going to do Gilson any harm. But he's also not had much time on the training pitch, has he? So the time on the training pitch will have consisted of right defence. This is how we are going to keep a clean sheet. Right, this is how we're going to attack against this. This is their weakness. This is what we're going to do. There's the hour training done into the video room. What he's not doing is playing short-sided games where he can have a look at them all and go, hey, Gilson's looking good, isn't he? So he's not getting that opportunity yet either. He's not getting that opportunity to go, let's just try him in that role instead of Ayari today or instead of Dolan on the training pitch because he's only got an hour and quite rightly he's going, right, this is going to be my defence. Let's work on it. This is the way we're playing on Saturday. Hedges, you know, you're doing this. And once he's got that freedom with a week of, of training in the international break, we might see something as well. I think it is these kind of things that it's just not lending itself right now to Gilson. No, and like I mean, you and Dan have met, you go to loads of the games and, and you've mentioned it before. It is boys' football versus men's football. Yeah. And yes, we can see these lads doing it um in the so-called boys football, the under 23s, under 21s. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to obviously playing dirty EFL men's football where he's getting an elbow in the chin. It, it, you know, things are going to be different. He's, he's young, he's got plenty of time. I think we let him develop and, mm. you know, his contract's looking quite good, isn't it? So, mm. you know, yeah, we've got other lads that are, are, are knocking on the door. We can't give them all a chance at the same time. No, and I think if I was John, sat in John Eustace's chair, if we were safe, I'd give him a couple of games. I'd look at him at pre-season and then towards the end of the window, if he wasn't going to be starting half the games, I'd loan him out. Because for me, like I've just said, Gilson and, and like you said there, like, he's above under 21 to football now, similar to Jake Batty, similar to Jake Garrett, mm. similar to Harry Leonard. And if these players are not going to be developing and playing games for you, then these are the players that you need to say, right, well, what do they need to keep developing? Harry Leonard, it might actually be being around that training pitch, learning from Sam Gallagher, movement, learning from the other players, and it might just be, do you know what, as soon as Gallagher's not in, you're in, fine. Jake Garrett, I think he's probably had enough of that. For me, he needs to go out and play, mm-hmm. get used to playing yeah. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and I would put Zach Gilson in that category. I think he's learning nothing in the 21s. We've seen his finishing ability, we've seen his free kicks. I think what he needs to go and learn now is, right, when you are trying a trick and it doesn't come off and they run up the other end and score and there's 600 fans stood, you know, a couple of yards away from you telling you exactly what they think of you, how are you going to cope with that? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do now? For me, that's what he needs to go and learn. And if he's not going to get in our first team, let him go and learn that for six months. And we don't know what the squad's going to look like uh, with money. You know, I, exactly. I, 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 we can speculate how much money we're going to have, 
Um, but that depth chart is going to go further down it. And like you yeah. said, when, you, when you're hitting 20 years old, 21 years old, you need to be playing regular men's football. Play football. Uh, yeah. So I do think that we're going to be having a massively different conversation with the likes of Gilson and Leonard, Garrett, uh, Batty, Georgie Ghent, uh, Pat Gamble, you know, all these all these players that we, we're saying, you know, these real good prospects from our youth setup. Look at what Scott, Scott Wharton did. He went to Northampton. Uh, did he go anywhere yeah. else other than Northampton? Uh, um, yeah, he did, didn't he? Did he go to Exeter to Wincombe? Yeah. Uh, but he and went, he obvious... went two or three times. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Hayden really Carter, benefit. Portsmouth were desperate to keep him. You know, so yeah. that just shows what he did. That is the normal development for any player. The reason yeah. why we are letting youth players come into the squad now and having these chances because we've just had no one else. No. Next next year we will be having a different conversation if we've spent that money. So yeah. the next question, I've had to kind of pick it out of a comment from Steve Beaumont, who who does really lovely comments on our YouTube, and you know they're they're all really concise, and I love reading them. I, I wish I could actually uh, get some more questions from him, but mm. this one it was before we start our final nine game running, I would want. Mm. I would want it to be on 45 points at least, but is that going to happen realistically? I'm going to be positive and say yes. Um, I'm looking at some of the results. We've got that international break. We've got some players coming back. I think we're going to hit that 45 points. Uh, what about you, Mark? Yeah. I mean, you would say it. Laws of averages that you'd probably lose one, wouldn't you? Which might be the Swansea one. I, I think we might be 44. You know, a win and a couple of draws. I do. But yeah, I think we'll be... I mean, there's no, there's not a cat and else chance. I mean, I am jinxing here. There is not a cat and else chance that Stoke, QPR, Millwall, Huddersfield are going to keep winning. So I'm looking at that table now. I think our goal difference isn't looking as horrific as it was at one stage either. That's helping. Yeah, I think what we're not going to do is pull away. You know, Cardiff are two places above us and they're five points away from us. So we're going to look like we're not doing making much progress, but I think you'll find that we will be more than four points away from the drop zone by the run into that nine-game period. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're on 39 points now. Plenty of games to go. Um, yeah. We have got to play the likes of Chef Wednesday at home, and you know there's other games there which I'm looking at, and you're thinking, do you know what? Y you yeah. could if you just keep it tight at the back. I mean, you've got say we get a draw against Swan away at Swansea, then you've got two home games there. You hope to win one of them away at Middlesbrough. Okay, that's difficult. So you'd 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 hope for at least a point, but let's be honest on that one. Uh, Ipswich, I mean. You don't know with Ipswich. I mean, they, they could be on their way down the down, and the steam could have the, so the wheels could be off on their promotion push. You know, and then there's other games there. I'm looking at. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to say we're going to get over 45. I mean, obviously, let us know in the comments whether you think we're going to get over 45. What I, what I would say is our away games are tough games. So if we our home form's got to get better and mm. quickly. Let's have faith. Let's have faith. Okay, last last mailbag yeah. question was from DW Arch. It was, it was again lifted out of one of his comments. 
Uh, he was saying I was being a bit harsh on pairs. I know it's not like me. Um, but he's saying at 25, he's still relatively young for a keeper, another year or two, and hopefully we'll have a real good keeper on our hands. So I need to do another breakdown, really, of the goalkeeper situation with pairs. Mm. I think I think what he's been asked to do um, since coming back in has been a lot more simplified than what we asked Volstead and pairs before that yeah. and even Kaminsky. Um, so, yes, I think he's had some really good games. I think he's made fundamental saves that have been easy saves. I think... I don't think he's done many where I'll go, oh, my God, what a save. We've got a keeper on our hands. I think at best, he's going to develop into being a solid keeper. I think yeah. as soon as you start asking him, playing around from the back and being under pressure uh, and that side of things, I think he could be found out. But I think as far as your fundamental traditional keeper is concerned, I think he's going to turn into... Probably a solid keeper um, at best. I personally don't think he's necessarily the future for us. I mean, there's apparently Blues are sniffing around. Um, I would take, I would take a bid for him. I, I really would. I don't know how much they're going to offer. Um, but I mean, Mark, when when you see pairs now and he's got that more simplified goalkeeping. Uh, yeah. distribution does that make you just feel a bit happier or are you frustrated that we don't play it out at the back what's, what's your thoughts on pairs now in terms of playing out from the back I think there's a time and a place for it I think we discussed it I think we summarized it without blowing her on trumpet I think we summarized it quite well last time when we said that when it was not working away at Southampton when it's not working away at West Brom they're the times to go right stop this now Stop inviting pressure. I think there is a time and a place for it, but it's not then. So I don't want to see us knocking it long all the time, but it's about variation. In terms of pairs since he's come back in, I think you're absolutely right in what you're saying. His game's been simplified. He's got a back three in front of him, back five a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. He's got players who are not as being asked to play as gung-ho. So actually, we were being left with three a lot of the time. Now, when you watch if the ball's on the right-hand side, Britain goes forward and we're playing with the back four. We were never defending with the back four, ever, under Thomason. So he's got that. I think their starting position is a lot deeper. So he's not got as much ground to try and cover, whereas Volstead in particular has been asked to cover almost a third of the pitch. That said, I think since he's come back in, he's looked solid. His mentality question mark, where he crumbled against Wigan that time and it looked like, oh my God, is he going to have the mentality to be a keeper? I think he's answering slowly. I think he's he's coming back game after game. Slight a slight error. You know, you could argue the free kick potentially, but it's only a slight one. But would he have crumbled a little bit after that before? Maybe, maybe not. But I think he looks a much more positive keeper. And I've watched a few mm -hmm. interviews here with him, and he's saying that he has um analyzed his game and what he needed to improve. And if that's the case, Ainsley Pairs Mark II, I'm quite happy with at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think he looks he looks positive when he what he was struggling with for me was his indecisive nature so he was coming out then he was stopping now he comes out and how many times have we seen him in the last three or four games clearing that ball or being big making a challenge just making himself big i think he, he's coming for crosses and he's claiming the ball mm -hmm. i think so in terms of being decisive i think it's been the big change for him and he looks a solid championship keeper all of a sudden and I can cope with that. Do I think there's there's somebody out there that we can improve on? Yes, probably. And I think what you were talking about, the, the depth chart, 
and the fact that the project's alive and kicking, but it will be tweaked slightly. I think Volstead's probably the perfect example of that because we've talked numerous times that we cannot go, right, there's your perfect goalkeeper. Here are the 10 attributes. Well, we want somebody who's 10 out of 10 in all them. What we're having to do is prioritising what we think are the, the biggest areas. Now, me personally, for a goalkeeper, my first one would be handling, communication, maybe not necessarily in this order, but pretty much handling, communication, uh, and commanding of the area, if you like, coming for crosses. I don't think we prioritise them with Volstead. I think we thought we can probably work on them. So would we prioritise them under Eustace? I think we probably would. I think it's more basics first. If we can have the extra nice bits, a bit like Harry Pickering, if we can have the extra nice bits, great. If we can't, let's make sure we've got these first. Mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be massive gambles in that sense. So I don't think you'd see a Leo Volstead come through the door that's going to be a working product, unless he's going to be like Igor Tijon age, which I think we will look to do more and more as well. So Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see the young keepers uh, play. I've, I've never seen them play. I've, uh, is it M- Michaleski? Michalski, I'll tell you what, Mike. He, and he's another. If you keep your young players on, on the books, they're going to block the pathway because they're going to fill up those 21 slots. He's been exposed at 16 to a lot of 21 games this year. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. He stood up, I, hasn't he? He's stood up to it well. Yeah, he has. I think another year in the 21s or another year or two, he could be 18 then, and that's young for a keeper. I think they should stick him out on like a Clitheroe-type loan for a little bit, uh, like they've just done with uh, Hilton. He's gone out on loan, hasn't he, to Macclesfield. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of just, just go and experience men's football, but for a month, which we did with Ray, didn't we? We sent him to Southport. I think he needs a little bit of that. Uh, probably not yet, though. I'd do it next season. He, you know, he's sick. He's he's 16 at the minute and he can get away with that in 21s football because it's all quite nice and pretty and everyone wants to play lovely football and the lovely pitches but um, he probably needs to dabble in that a little bit but I think you know we have got some exciting youngsters we've got him Tijon Rory Finneran at 15 and 16 and I think the club will go down that route a little bit more so I think they'll use some of the Adam Wharton money to go right who have Rochdale got the standing out who have Macclesfield got the standing out? Let's go and pick them at that age. But Michalski, I'll be honest, bloody good player for his age. Now, a lot can happen, but yeah. at 16, to be playing in 21 football as a keeper is... That's big. It's almost like 14-year-old outfield player playing in the 21s. No, exactly. I mean, it's mentally, it's such a difficult position to play. Um, I mean, going back to the Volstead thing, um, I saw... Glimpses in Volstead, I thought were good. Um, yeah. I still stand by the comments I made. I would love to have seen Volstead playing in this system and yeah. how he would how he would do because apparently he's got a hell of a kick as well. Um, I think the Volstead thing is now a reset button. I think whatever we saw yeah. of him before, we forget um, mm-hmm. if this is how we're going to play going forward. I, I would have loved to have seen Volstead. Um, play like this, but I don't think he'll ever get the chance. I think Pears now is. I think this is the way we're playing for the end of the season. Um, yeah. I think Pears will keep his position, assuming he doesn't get any injuries. And then next year, okay, we might start changing it a little bit. But I think Volstead will be definitely one that we just loan out. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on that, I I, I am harsh on Pears. Um, I'm harsh on most goalkeepers, to be honest, because. I, I just like to analyse what goalkeepers do, and he's he's someone that has frustrated me. But 
credit where credit's due. I think he's been extremely solid. And like you said, coming claiming for crosses, I mean, there was a couple he's done in like the 90th minute. And they're yeah. really difficult. The, the, the most difficult crosses a goalkeeper comes through is the ones in the first five minutes and the one in the last. And I've seen him do that. And that just shows mentally where he's at. So I completely agree. But that, yeah. that's the mailbag. And obviously, we've got the email address of roverschat at gmail.com. But hit, hit us on X as well. To, you know, Tag us in to any questions. Comments down below on YouTube. But... We haven't got a quiz this week, I'm afraid, because Dan's decided to sack us off for darts. Um, we decided not to do a quiz, so we'll, we'll do an extra one next week. So, Mark, thanks for uh, joining me on this uh, podcast once again. Are you going to the game tomorrow? I am going to the game tomorrow. It'll be a mad dash from work, but of course I will be there. I've, um, I've, to be honest, I've been looking at the the fixtures. I'm usually tied by I have my daughter over the weekend and I, and I work and I have her on a Wednesday, so I struggle midweek. If it's on a Wednesday, it's just a no go for me. But other than that, I, I can usually get to most games. And I've looked at the fixtures, and to be honest, they've fallen very nicely. I am looking like I can I can get to most games. So home games, I've managed to get her in. I'm sorry, uh, at seven. I've I've lulled her in. She's she's wanting to go every week. I have I have apologized to her already, but she's in now. Um so yeah, so I think she might be joining the season ticket club next season, the way it's going. But yeah, so I'll be going tomorrow. And luckily for me, I don't live in the northeast, unlike my brother. So uh, but he's coming down at the weekend. So that tells you what he's thinking about the result. But I suppose that, Mike, the the only question we should ask is with no quiz is just if anyone could tell us in the comments where Shearer won the league, then you know that that'll have to be the only comment, won't it? No, exactly. And it is the Alan Shearer derby. And hopefully we'll be doing a positive match reaction tomorrow. So put us in the comments down below anything that we've discussed that you want to add, any questions, uh, predictions for the game against Newcastle, predictions for the rest of the season, how many points do you think we'll be in, uh, be getting by the end of the season. And keep listening, keep downloading, keep subscribing. It's all the good stuff and it keeps us going. Cheers, guys. Thank <laughs> you.